0: Thanks for listening to the Roman Circus Podcast. This week, two times dive into death-defying discussions of Catholic culture, tradition, and history. I'm Matt Baker, and with me, as always, is second most famous person in his graduating high school class, Zach Mabry. Zach, third week in a row, we did it. Second place, baby. I know.
1: The silver medals just keep coming in.
0: To be fair... The guy you lost to plays in the NFL, right?
1: Right. So um, in my graduating class, we had our reunion and people could vote for different categories. And the category of most famous, I came in second, um, I guess, for the podcast. I don't know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but the the person who came in first is actually Tressway, who uh, is a kicker for the Washington Redskins. And so, um, yeah, that's probably uh, pretty fair. Based on Twitter follower count, he definitely has me beat. So... You know, well,
0: I'm glad, that's okay. I'm glad he he's didn't a good guy lose too. to, like, Johnny who works at the Costco down the road or something. With all due respect no, to yeah, Johnny, he's a good person.
1: Yeah, no, Johnny from Costco
0: was not a threat to me. He's our number one fan. If you want to tweet us and tell us how we can come in second next week, tweet us at Roman Circus Pod. I'm at, hey, it's Matt Baker. Zach is at Zach Mabry, Z-A-C Mabry. Zach, breaking news, we have another Twitter account. It is Roman at Roman Circus News. Am I correct on that?
1: yes, that's the uh, that's the handle. Um, so what we're going to do with this one is you know we're going to tweet news and headlines that we think are relevant to our listeners and followers, um, you know, pretty much church- related stories. It's not like um, a
0: hot take opinion thing. It's just kind of a news aggregate Twitter account.
1: Right. I mean, obviously, yeah. I mean, that's what I've been trying to do with it is is just tweet the stories. So, you know, different sources that we follow, um, you know, everything from Catholic News Agency to the National Catholic Register to, you know, um, Diane Montagna, who tweets from Rome, you know, different people putting them out there just to kind of have like a feed with the news stories. We thought splitting that out from our main Twitter would be good mm-hmm. because, you know, sometimes you just need a break from the news and our, our main Twitter account is fun and interactive. And so we just didn't want to, we didn't want to mix them.
0: Yeah, no, it's going good so far. You can email us at podcast at Roman blog.com. Find us on iTunes, rate and review us. If you want, tell your friends you can find us on Podbean, Stitcher, Google Play, and anywhere podcasts are. Zach, uh, before we get into the continuation of our podcast on Monday, quick shout-out section for you. We were included in a nice tweet about podcasts by Father Matthew Schneider at frmatthewlc. Very lovely Priest with a ton of followers. I didn't even realize he has like almost fifty thousand followers or something like that. But he's a he's a good man, good priest, and he he said something nice about us. So I just wanted to say thank you. Live on the podcast. That was that. very nice. And uh, you know, we played a game called Rate the Helmix. Was it last week or two weeks ago? Where we rated the top three Helmix in the Helmick family of four. Mm -hmm. Well, wonderful Kyle Helmick was secret uh, consultant for our Monday podcast. He gave us a lot of notes beforehand and kind of led us in a good direction about how to go with our emergency podcast. And you know what? He's just an overall great guy that we should acknowledge. He's at Hell Mickey Mouse. Drop by, say hello to him. But yeah, secret, silent consultant, which is now not secret nor silent, but... Thanks to him for what turned out to be a very well received podcast. Uh, we got some good feedback on that. Thank you. Uh, we hope it helped to form some thoughts about this crazy situation. And uh, yeah, we, we're kind of, you know, obviously we're stuck in the middle of it with everyone else and we just need to talk it out. So if that in any way helped, we, we're glad to
1: help and we thank you for listening. Right. I mean, the, the testimony that dropped on Saturday night was like an atomic bomb. Right. You know, um, it it caught a lot of people off guard, obviously, because of the timing. And so, you know, I'm glad we got to, to read it and kind of digest it and um, just sort of walk through it. And I think that that just sort of helps people. I mean, obviously, I think our key message is things may be bad, but the sky's not falling. And, you know, the church is still the church and, and truth has not changed. Sure. Yeah. Um, And then, you know, otherwise just wanting to keep, keep informed and keep everybody informed. Yeah. All right. That is, uh,
0: that's all that business done with. What do you want to pick back up? What, what's the, what's the latest, Zach? What do you, you said beforehand that you're very prepared for this episode. So lay it on us.
1: Well, you know, nothing, nothing super interesting has really happened since our last, uh, episode, you know, has it not <laughs> uh no not exactly yeah. um it's been it's been something of a a roller coaster
0: anything big in the environment happens Zach, it's we need to talk more about the environment that's the agenda we have um none of this silly business about sexual abuse the trees man we need to talk about the trees
1: Yes, well, you know global warming, I think is being uh driven by hot air coming from a few individuals uh Burn. in red yeah. oh, um <laughs> yeah, terrible joke, eh, whatever, well, so yeah, I guess let's just run down, so I mean obviously, people who are following our our news, Twitter maybe know all this stuff, but um you know the in our last episode we we knew that the Pope had encouraged everybody to read um the testimony. Very nice of him. Yes. Uh, Vigano's testimony. We were saying it wrong in our last episode. So it's, it's Vigano. Mm -hmm. Um, so he encouraged everyone to read it. said he wouldn't comment on it himself. Um, and he wanted reporters to do their jobs. And so we have seen a decent amount of that happening. Um, uh, you know, shout out to, uh, Elizabeth Brunig, if people follow her, so what oh, she she's did been a champ. Is she yeah, so she she took you know she um obviously as a as a good catholic she she accepted the Pope's invitation for journalists to follow up on the the claims that Vigano made, and she actually, from a tip that she got, she went to McCarrick's house on Monday night mm-hmm. and she knocked on the door um she left her uh her contact information when no one answered and Uh, then she went back the next day and continued to knock on the door and ring the doorbell and waited for an hour um, until she was kind of sent away. And I guess somebody that was there called her editor at the Washington Post and complained. Sure. Um, Which I I imagine the editor, I mean, you know, it is the Washington Post, but I, I imagine they were proud of her. I mean, obviously, you know, she, uh, She does write for the Washington Post. So she was going out and getting her story and, um, she was doing so at the behest of, of the vicar of Christ. Right. So, um, so hopefully, uh, Liz gets her answers. I've also seen where some other people were camped outside of a house that they thought might be holding McCarrick at the time. Mm -hmm. Um, but so far he hasn't been spotted and nobody really knows where he is. Uh, Zach, he is uh, committed to a
0: life, rest of his life of solitude, prayer, and penance, from what I understand.
1: Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, no, so George uh, Newmare, who's been kind of tweeting all about uh, everything since the Pennsylvania um, grand jury report was when I started paying attention to him, but, you know, he was live tweeting that as it was being read, and, um, you know, there's a video of him sort of heckling a... Uh, the communication director for Cardinal Whirl mm-hmm. um, him and Evan McGuire were out doing like some uh, some live live reporting outside of the house that they believe McCarrick is staying at mm-hmm. um, let's see we had several uh, prominent churchmen come out and make statements about Viganos testimony did you catch some of those I saw
0: Bishop Olmsted from the Diocese of Phoenix came out and said something And I've seen that there have been a number of them coming out saying, like, yeah, this guy is someone we can trust with this type of information.
1: Right. Both of the bishops from Oklahoma, Bishop Condola in Tulsa, and Archbishop Coakley from Oklahoma City, have come out uh, basically just saying that they view Vigano as a very trustworthy person and they don't necessarily know about these specific accusations, but they think that they should be looked into um because of the source being somebody who's trustworthy and i mean uh, i have a lot of respect for both of them of course but they're not like rad trad bishops mm-hmm. by any means right. you know i mean that they're you know mainstream you know bishops i mean you know they're not they're not like miniature cardinal burks or anything um so that part's kind of nice. I mean, these aren't people that are just looking for a reason to complain. Because, you know, it, it's uncomfortable for all of us that, you know, the accusations are, you know, directly point towards the Holy Father.
0: hmm
1: You know? mm mm-hmm. um, And so, you know, we have to be careful not to believe them simply because we like or dislike Pope Francis, but we need to find out if they're true.
0: Sure, got to live in accordance with the truth, Zach. That's that's what we're supposed to do, and that's what we said. Like we said last episode, regardless of what what how the truth takes form, right? If it's the truth, it's the truth, regardless of whose mouth it's coming out of or the source. If it, we have to just go with the truth. That's kind right. of what. Liz Bruning has been saying this whole time too, I've noticed the common theme of her reporting is like, man, I just want the truth. Like we just have to get to the truth. And then you get all these people who it's, it's amazing for something as serious as this as abuse and molestation and things like that. It, people just zip right into their camps potentially, right? Like going to discredit someone, or, like, just kind of, you know, seen, seen uh people tweeting, like, uh, something along the lines of, well, it's, it, these were adults, or these were, these, it's not, it's maybe against church law, but it's not against civil law and things like this. Like, guys, what, if we can't agree on things like this, what can we ever agree on, really?
1: Well, and, you know, I mean, that's. That's just ridiculous because you have to think about the power differential between, you know, a cardinal or an archbishop and a an adult seminarian. It's insane. Um,
0: it's like a, it's basically like a CEO and a mailroom guy.
1: Well, right. I mean, you know, I I have to think, okay, I went to high school. I went to college, grad school. I started my career. You know, if I had, if I had delayed that, there would have been real life costs, so take somebody that's in seminary who's you know obviously they're not pursuing marriage, they're not pursuing a career to make money right they're you know they're on this path, and here you have this you know this cardinal that swoops in um and that's not i mean sure that doesn't violate the civil law, but that doesn't mean that it's it's okay or or that you know oh no big deal these were adults i mean that's that's
0: horrible that's kind of been the whole point of the me too movement
1: right that like a lot some of
0: the stuff Yeah, those were adults right some of the stuff i mean maybe not the weinstein stuff but the other stuff you can make an argument that it was just two adults that consent was a little iffy who knows like but you there's no legal ramifications there but that that's been the point of the this movement is no the the power is what the thing is. It's it's that these people are getting preyed on and they can't in the moment they can't do anything about it.
1: Right. And the other thing that the the Me Too movement, you know, outside the church exposed, that it's now being exposed inside the church is is not just the people doing this stuff, but the uh the culture of silence, you know? So and just the fact that some of these things were open secrets and you know to that end Bishop Stephen Lopez who's the youngest bishop or one of the youngest bishops in the United States he released a statement today that we tweeted out Matthew Schmitz was the first person to post the video that I saw basically saying you know I was in seminary when Theodore McCarrick became the Archbishop of Newark and he would come visit the seminary and everybody knew sure and you know that's what you know you and I have been been telling people you know to just go ahead and kind of mentally accept the fact that lots of people who we would we would hope would have done something or said something knew and didn't and you know we don't know why they did or didn't mm-hmm. and so we you know we're not really here to judge them but but you know I, I just think that instead of of getting shocked and and fainting every time we find out that somebody who we trust you know didn't do the right thing in this situation, we just probably need to accept that a lot of people knew about this stuff.
0: Well, yeah, it's a matter, um, it's a matter of it's coming out now, right? Like,
1: yeah, Vegano
0: one of the things against him was, well, if he, if he knew about this, why didn't he say anything earlier? Which I mean, I guess is, you know, there's an argument to be made there. Obviously, if you, if you know of something, you should say something, but at the same time, um, behind the scenes, he was, filing reports, right? And he was... Right, I mean, he submitted memos. Yeah.
1: Well, and I mean, that is how this should go. I mean, basically what should happen is you find out about it and you report it and the person gets, you know, I don't know, crushed by it. (laughs) And it's done. Right. I mean, it's not necessarily something, I mean, partially just for the sake of the victims, that needs to be broadcast out to the whole world. It's just that, unfortunately, that's what it's come to... Now, is that these things just need to be made public because clearly behind closed doors, they don't get handled.
0: Right. You should you and I should never hear about these things. Right. No one should hear about these things. They should be taken care of and it shouldn't be leaked out. But that's not how it happens. Sometimes if your best attempt to do that fails and it did, all the attempts that way failed amongst all the non-attempts. So, at some point, you have to go rogue and you have to come out with this bombshell
1: statement right, well, and you know that leads me to one of the critiques that's being made about Vigano is that you know well he, he timed this to get maximum exposure when he you know released the report on Saturday night, right, and it's like, well, you know was he supposed to time it for minimal exposure i mean <laughs> yeah. You know, when stuff like this is being, you know, if his allegations are true, right? I mean, if they're false, then he probably needs to go to prison or something. But if they're true, um, these are, you know, things have been being covered up for years by very important, you know, powerful people. Almost, so it,
0: it wouldn't be out of the realm of possibility to say almost every powerful person, Zach.
1: Right. And so, yeah, he had to get it out. Um, in a way that would actually get out. I mean, you know, that's a whistleblower. Whistles are, are, are known to be loud. (laughs) Yeah. Um, yeah. So, um, you know, to that end, I think one thing we should talk about. So the, the central sort of point of, of the accusation against the Holy Father is that, um, you know, Pope Benedict was aware of McCarrick's antics and um, punished him, put restrictions on him, you know, to, after that, okay? And that once Pope Francis became Pope, he lifted those, knowing the truth about McCarrick, and the, the accusation, of course, Vigano says that he told the Holy Father himself the problems with McCarrick. Right. Um, so, what has been handy is that on the Twitters, um, a person named Josh Dill tweeted a timeline of all of Vigano's claims. Just the different things mentioned in the memo. right? Um, and then evidence supporting or contradicting the claims. And one thing that I picked up on right away when I looked at it is there are a decent number of public appearances that McCarrick made while he was under restrictions uh, while Pope Benedict was the Pope. Yeah. So... Um it's not like he was under some kind of strict house arrest and not out making appearances. There's videos of him in at a congressional hearing on C-SPAN. He went on Meet the Press on Christmas Eve in 2011, I think. Yeah. He um you know, he presided over ordinations in early 2011. Solid. Um and then, you know, the, the most maybe awkward is Oh, well, there's also he appeared in uh, an audience in Rome that was given by Pope Benedict. So Pope Benedict would have been there for that. And then in 2013, in February, he actually is photographed with Pope Benedict. Mm -hmm. Um, Now, this was him kind of going and saying goodbye because Benedict had already resigned at this point. Right. But he was still the Pope. And the point there is just to say, I think that needs to be acknowledged, that, you know, there's stories about Benedict acknowledging his sort of limited authority as Pope things like, you know, my, I think he said to Bishop Fillet of the SSPX, he said, my authority ends at this door, you know, essentially saying that the Curia, the the cardinals that, and bishops that work in the Vatican run the place and don't necessarily, you know, obey the Pope's every command. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you know, I mean, Benedict obviously wasn't going to handcuff McCarrick to, you know, a bed. Right. Um well and that yeah, how much of this do you think is
0: McCarrick just daring them to do something? Like if you're if you're McCarrick and you get punished, right, if they come in and they say we have all this evidence against you and you need to do this, this and this, if you're McCarrick and you obviously don't care about anything but your own little you know, your own little business you got going, your options are be completely silent and then get taken away from this life that you love living. Right. Or knowing they have all this and that they haven't released it. You can basically call their bluff and dare them to release all this stuff, knowing the damage that it will cause.
1: Right. So it, I mean, read the, read the failing New York times article about, about, (laughs) um, about, how McCarrick treated the victim, the, the first child that he baptized as a priest was a, was a victim of his. And ask you, does this seem like somebody who who obeys the rules? Well, you he know? doesn't believe in. You and, have to
0: believe in the rules to obey him.
1: Right. I mean, he's a monster. So you know, that's not necessarily to defend or attack Pope Benedict. Just to point out that you know we can't look at Pope Francis and say that. Well, you know he. McCarrick was basically in prison until Francis came and and freed him. Obviously, McCarrick was continuing to get around while Benedict was still Pope. Mm -hmm. And so I just think that's... You have to just acknowledge it. I mean, we're not... Obviously, you know, you and I are are big fans of the Latin Mass. Benedict is the Pope who gave us Sumorum Pontificum. Sure. Um, You know, we we think good things about him. But, you know, we, we don't give anybody... A pass, and this isn't a time to be tribal, and we've just tried to remind people that this stuff happens on the left, on the right, in the trad world. well, it um, just
0: goes to show that the the insulated community that these cardinals created for themselves, right like he McCarrick if McCarrick knew that he had the support of no one, he probably would have remained quiet, but he knows he knew that he had the support of many people and that they had his support, right. So, when you have this community, you can at at that point, sure you're the Pope, and you have to like bring the hammer down, but also at the same time, you have an entire college of cardinals more or less against you, or scheming not maybe not against you, but scheming in ways that are not on your side right but that again that's where like you have to be strong enough if you're the Pope to. Bring the hammer of Thor down and just crush everyone. Sorry to use some pagan god analogy for the Holy Father, Zach, but I think you get my point. <laughs> right, and it, that's what. Well, that's why what frustrates some people, including myself, about Pope Francis is he tends to be strong in areas that might not necessarily need strength and he tends to not show that strength in areas that call for it and if if that's something we have to apply to pope benedict the 16th then that's what has to happen
1: right i mean that's the thing i just i don't think that we should um you know people who are are more sympathetic to our views on the liturgy or politics or whatever uh, don't get don't get some kind of preferential treatment over people who sometimes we disagree with. Sure. You know? Um, so the reactions of the rest of the world, I think, are worth talking about because it's kind of wild. Um, you kind of have the, the Team Francis cardinals. Mm-hmm. Okay? And, you know, these are people who were not, I don't think, seen as, you know, future. They were not necessarily living their heyday under Pope Benedict, and they've been very successful in there uh, as churchmen under Pope Francis. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, Cardinal Worl himself is heavily implicated since McCarr- he's McCarrick's successor, um, and there's a lot of pressure for him to resign. Cardinal Supich, though. What a fella, this guy. Yes. This guy. So
0: He's a, he's he's a thing is, for in, sure. In,
1: in, yeah, I mean, well, in. I've followed him for years since before he was a cardinal, and, and there's just interesting dynamic at play in any diocese where he's in charge. But the the interview that he gave on this situation was just wild. Now, he has since come out and, and said that that interview was unfairly edited. Um, and so Catholic of News Agency published... Right. They published the full transcript, though, so you can and should just go read that for yourself. He does uh, basically agree with um, Cardinal DiNardo that there should be an investigation, mm-hmm. um, but he he kind of just writes off the the Vigano testimony as a rabbit hole, and says that you know the the Pope has a bigger agenda. We've got to focus on the environment and and immigration. Yeah, which which, which
0: is like it's
1: it's. Meme? Well, before it, we even say uh, what it is, a week a week ago, I think, or two weeks ago, um, Babylon B, which is kind of a Protestant version of Eye of the Tiber, which is a Catholic version of The Onion, right? Um, they put out a, a a little satirical headline saying, you know, the Pope will talk about abuse when he's finished talking about global warming <laughs> yeah. or whatever, and and literally, I mean, it's it's like talk about satire predicting reality that fake headline from a a goofy protestant website was was basically the talking point that a cardinal of the church chose to use Right, it's incredible it's and yeah that that was not lost on catholic twitter everybody picked that up and there was nobody defending supich's um Colonel Cupich's comment there. I'm not really sure what he was getting at.
0: Well, yeah, it's obviously it's indefensible because you're dealing with sexual abuse and you're like, oh, well, you know, there's more important things like uh, the environment and immigration, which if you're an immigration person, if that's your passion or if your passion is the environment and you hear that, you have to be like, oh, no, 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 please. Please, please, we, we... we like people being on our side, but please do not uh, discount sexual abuse in our name, please. So, like, it's really a quote that is good for no one, except I don't know the the four outlets that cheer it because it, I don't know it pushes the pushes the conservatives' pounce
1: agenda. Right, and then you know the last thing he said was that people also didn't like this pope because he's Latino. Oh, I know, <laughs> which is which is also false. Okay, so he's Piedmontese people. His his parents are Italians. Right. The fact that they gave birth to him in Argentina doesn't, I mean, it, it doesn't make him an Argentinian. Right. Okay. His 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 heritage is Italian. Um, a lot
0: of Argentinians' heritage is Italian. A lot of people in Argentina.
1: So, Right. But then also a lot of them are Argentinian, and but Jorge Bergoglio was not one. Right. And I, I, it just was funny because at first it was like, well, actually, no, and I I think he's almost implying... I, I don't really know what he's saying because I was like, you know, any Latino that you would bring this conversation up would be horrified that... You know if there was this cover-up and all this stuff so i don't really understand if he's imp- like you know because he's kind of saying latinos were, i mean i don't know maybe that was a, a jump me jumping to a conclusion but when supich said this i was like yeah but there are latinos who are upset about this and i don't think that they would care if the pope was latino or not um i, I don't know that was just a bizarre comment that you just kind of thought is this is this a joke
0: I know. It would just be so much easier if he just stuck with the, yeah, I think there should be an investigation. That's all you need to say. Really, you don't have to. like. Right. We we don't need you to like uh, pound your chest and be screaming in the middle of the street. Right. Because that comes off as slightly insincere. So just say, yes, I think there needs to be an investigation.
1: It, right. I mean, makes, you know, look at what the Holy Father did. I mean, it shows you yeah. that the Holy Father, um, you know, is is, you know, I guess a lot more thoughtful with his words than than Cardinal Supic because he basically said, you know, yeah, I, I challenge everyone to read it and investigate, and I'm not going to say anything. That's
0: exactly what I was just about to say. Is yeah, he it that's a that makes that statement appear much better than it originally did, right?
1: Right. And so that's what, you know, some journalists are taking that up. We talked about Liz Brunig and people going out. People are asking questions. Um, I know that National Catholic Register, uh, their reporter, Ed Pinton, he had been trying to get statements from Pope Benedict because at the end of the day, there are three people who can definitely answer questions about this, and and they're all alive, and they're all capable of answering questions. And they are Pope Francis, Pope Emeritus Benedict, and Archbishop Theodore McCarrick. Um. and none of them are answering questions. So, uh, you know, th- that may be, to me, kind of frustrating because they could just answer yes or no, right? you know? But instead, everybody's going here. Everyone who's willing to ask is having to go, you know, search out answers elsewhere and construct timelines and look for, for other evidence, yada, yada. To some extent,
0: supich could no should know that this is what he signed up for. Or if these Cardinals, if they're all in the business of having each other's backs, this is you have you, this is what you signed up for, buddy. Like you have to go out there and you have to say all this mumbo jumbo because this is what you wanted. This is what you agreed to when you were making all these backroom deals and doing all this stuff, right? Like it's uh I don't know. I it, you realize how much just the just your normal everyday priest does like how do, how much to be thankful for the actual work they put in right because it just the the pastors of these parishes that are overwhelmed with confessions and with mass times like the actual honest work that go on in the day-to-day life of these churches when you see all the politics and all the gunning for positions that happens in the in the upper tiers of the church. Like it just makes you that much more thankful for, for the pastors and associate pastors that are out there grinding it out every day.
1: Right. No, we have to be, everyone should be thankful and you should be praying for the, for your priests, all the priests, the bishops, the Pope, of course. Um, Right now. So we kind of talked about what's happening with, members of the press who are trying to get answers Mm -hmm. but the the overwhelming response from the mainstream press is to not seek answers um what we've sort of seen in the well that's not true what we've seen in like the new york times the failing new york times and um and other publications is uh and they're investigating vegano they're they're looking into you know what what was the maneuvering he did to get this testimony out what's right. his background right. what's he doing um you know people were posting videos of him introducing or you know greeting cardinal mccarrick at a, a you know a, a banquet or whatever you know he was a diplomat right sure um so that's interesting i mean you, you read the things in the in the testimony that are are shocking and you think, wow, you know, these people these are very specifically cited events, you know, names and places and dates or approximate dates are given. You would think, you know, a journalist would want to find out if that stuff's true, but instead they're probing Vigano and pointing to his political biases and this is being, like you said, reported as uh, you know, conservatives pounds.
0: Yeah, and it's it like anytime there is that like funny comment or that statement about how things go, you don't want to play into it, right? Like because the conservative p- pounce thing is like a legitimate criticism of some of these publications. Every time, every time a Democrat does something, it's never about that. It's always about conservatives pounce, and they it just plays right into it. And they they actually didn't right. use conservatives pounce, which is frustrating because again, this is not a conservative liberal left right issue it's a there's a rot in the church that needs to be cleared out and then you get people like beans out there tweeting the terrorist vegano
1: did you see oh yeah I saw them using that language calling him a terrorist yeah
0: it's insane it's it's actual insanity I, I don't know what these people are thinking when they do it like you can't we're all Yes, at the end of the day, we all have certain biases that may show. But it, like, what do you, what do you win when, you, when this comes out? And you're like, ah, yes, the terrorist vegano. You get mentioned on a second-tier Catholic podcast with a bunch of fellas. Like it, or you get passed around Catholic Twitter and people get to see it. Like, I don't, but I don't know at the end of the day what that does.
1: Nothing. I mean, this is devastating for a lot of people and people are very sad that this is happening. I mean they they don't know who they can trust. They don't know what to believe. And you know, people who they look up to and they should be able to look up to are are you know, becoming questionable yeah. in their eyes. It's it's a sad moment for the church. You're already these people are um, already having their emotions
0: toyed with and then you can take advantage of those advantage of those emotions by using strong language that at the end of the day, it doesn't actually mean anything.
1: It's like a, uh, yeah, it's messed up, man. Right. I mean, and, and also people are leaving. I mean, Damon Linker, who uh, writes for the Week, you know, basically posted an article announcing his apostasy. Right. That you know he, he called it the unbearable ugliness of the Catholic Church and that he's leaving. And you know, up until he drew his conclusion that he's leaving, it's really hard to find fault in his assessment. I mean, his conclusion, of course, is wrong, um, but the ugliness of these situations and, you know, all of that, that's not something that people should be thinking about from a, a political angle. I mean, it, it's because people, you know, love the church and want souls to to find themselves in the church that we want this stuff cleaned up. It's It's not... It's not to score points for a side. Yeah, it's it's crazy, man. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I didn't and you know read, one thing that I or Sorry, I was gonna say go I ahead. didn't read the the article in the week, but I saw a bunch of people reacting. It's hard. It is hard. It's I don't want I man, I don't want anyone to leave because of this, obviously. And I don't right. I don't it's very sad. And I don't think they are correct and I do hope that he comes back uh we're always we're always welcoming people back that's that's just as fun that's even more fun than the people that are staying or the people who are coming back right but it it's uh yeah, i don't know what are you going to say before i cut you off
1: um yeah i don't remember huh. <laughs> uh well i guess so the other way that people are reacting um, is it does seem like there's been some uh, interesting uh, reconciliations there's just been kind of a shift in sort of the Catholic world so uh, Joseph Chambra is a former porn star who is now a Catholic and he does outreach to people in that world Wow. okay he's not really looked at and he has no problem offending people he's a very honest um, you know Person, what does he have to lose with his background? Really, well, right. Um, so, but because of that, you know, he, you know, he gets picked up on like maybe some trad publications and uh, elsewhere. But he actually was published in First Things, mm-hmm. which is sort of a, a different, a different direction for things. Right. Um, another thing that changed is this sort of long time feud that existed between uh, the blogger Taylor Marshall. Yeah and the the blog Rarade Chele, which is kind of a one of the most prominent sort of traditional blogs they've had a feud going back several years um, yeah I think some of it involved a the a collapse of a, a college that was here in Dallas but then also um, disagreements about you know things with the church they've now apologized and reconciled um, also. Michael Voris had kind of, uh, who runs Church Militant, so they've now come out. They're calling for Pope Francis to resign, which is again, the Roman Circus podcast does not take the stance that Pope Francis should resign. Right. Um, our stance is he should not resign. Um, but uh, uh, he came out calling for that, and it, it's sort of is sort of gradually, I guess, reconciling with the other kind of tratty blogs. You could say, yeah, um, so,
0: sorta. It's it's sorta. Yeah. He's definitely.
1: They, he's def- that was a. That was it an intense feud back when that that whole situation blew up? Yeah,
0: I mean, he's definitely out there on his own island. So at least he's starting. He's starting to allow other ships within within the horizon. We'll say.
1: Right, um, and then the other thing is that we've we've uh, we've seen a. I I've noticed a change in in Dr. Scott Hahn. Oh yeah, new new trad Scott Hahn. Yeah. The first thing I noticed was when I think it was on Facebook, I can't remember where I saw it, is that he called for the end of the the USCCB, the the United States Conference of Catholic Bishops. Right. Um but then yeah, the the trad Scott Hahn thing is is an interesting development. Yeah,
0: he's uh I'm currently reading one of his books, so it's good. It's good timing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, a lot of, this is, Hey, this is what we hope comes out of the situation, right? People coming together, not necessarily breaking apart and clearing out all this rotten and degeneration and all this terrible filth that has been going on. So if these, you know, it's not, it, I'll never say this is, Obviously good, but if good comes out of it, like all these people recon- reconciling and um, reconciling, I couldn't say that word, Zach, I just did it then. But, uh, yeah, it, you know, we take the positives out of whatever whatever we can, so.
1: Right, and I think that's the thing, is that, you know, as the laity, I think we need to really be, like we said, supportive of each other, checking with each other so that we don't, you know, find ourselves outside the church and then really striving for holiness in our own lives, you know, go to confession, pray the rosary every day, um, you know, pray for the clergy, pray for the priests and the bishops. You know, there are a lot of, there are a lot of very good priests. There are some good bishops hmm. and we need to be praying for them. Um, and, you know, we need to support them if, if they choose to, to take a stand against some of the filth, you know? Right because not, I mean, it's scary, right? Like, obviously, I mean, Vigano is literally in hiding. I don't think people realize that. Yeah. He gave an interview to 1 Peter 5, but besides that, I mean, he he's literally in hiding. Mm-hmm. And he, you know, he knows these people really well, so it's kind of, uh, I don't know, kind of bizarre. You know, we're we're watching history unfold, and uh, I do think that this kind of stuff will be remembered for a very long time, you know? Absolutely. Yeah,
0: it's uh, yeah. We just, and if people are wondering what they can do at home or what you can do on your own, like really, just hammer the rosaries, right? Like just constantly be praying. It helps put your mind at ease. By no means sit and mull this over day and night, because we 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 don't we, don't, we only have so much responsibility. We don't have. I don't know if we have any responsibility in this other than to just be aware we don't have to be thinking about it constantly. Right. So just, uh, if you're not saying a rosary regularly, maybe this is a good time to start. I'm not, maybe this is a great time to start and uh, yeah, it's use, use use this to enhance your spiritual life instead of go the opposite way.
1: Right. And, you know, we're talking about this because we think that it's, it's good to talk about and that it's... Um, I mean, also, we just sort of see some of the more extreme uh, commentary being provided. And so, you know, we try to, to carefully comb through the news, figure out what's true and digest it and, and talk about it, you know, rationally. But, um, you know, you don't have to follow this stuff. And if it's, if it's causing you a lot of trouble... You know, remember that you know the church belongs to God. He's going to see the church through all of this. Right? Um, he's he's still in control. He hasn't abandoned us. He, you know, you have to think back to Scripture when the the boat's rocking and our Lord's sleeping. You know, He wasn't ever going to let them sink. Um, sure. So, you know, I just think that's important. You know, and as far as people leaving the church, I always think you know if you're on the if you're on the ark, you know, you're on the unsinkable ship. Okay, and there's a storm blowing, and it's it's wild, you know you're barely barely hanging on, okay, and you peek into you know the the wheelhouse and you notice that the crew that drives the ship is you know a bunch of drunk idiots okay you don't you don't jump off the unsinkable ship in that moment, right right you just hold on tighter, yeah, so you know, keep that in mind. And, you know, know when you've reached your limit, when you don't want to hear any more stories about this stuff. Because, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm certain that it's going to continue to get worse before it gets better. I don't think we've reached the the sort of turning point, you know. Oh, yeah. I think we've we've seen a lot of stuff that should give people hope. I mean, seeing these bishops come forward and demand an investigation, you know, seeing the movement on that is is good. And, you know, this stuff needs to be cleaned up before the church can really be, you know, healthy. So, you know, it's, it's not, it's not bad that this stuff is finally coming to light. It's, it's bad that it was happening. And so the, you know, the the hope comes with the fact that it's getting cleaned up, but, you know, you don't have to follow it and you can, you can decide to, to tune it off. You know, we're not really we're not really in this fight, you know, going, there's this weird mindset. We start to get that by consuming as much news as we can, as fast as we can. And, you know, tweeting about it, that we're, we're engaged in world events as like an, as like an actor in them. Right. Um, And and that just isn't true. So, you know, don't, don't kind of fall into that trap. You know, you kind of, I, whenever I watch TV news, which is rare, I, I just feel so like, wow like I'm I'm part of this you know like you just get and then you you turn it off and you're like no I'm not part of that you know so just you know I mean no when to no when to tune it off and you know go have a beer or go pray your rosary or you know go walk around right well that's the
0: idea that we get so wrapped up in it we actually think like we're it reflects on us right so don't let this reflect on you as a person or as a catholic And another thing, like, I think, but everyone has been doing this, so I'm not, I don't, this is not calling out people at large, but it's, it is perfectly acceptable when people say, oh, this is a terrible thing for the church, just say, yeah, it is, right? You don't have, we don't, we don't have to hem and haw or kind of guard our words. You can fully admit that this is a terrible thing. So, yeah. But is that. You have any final words? That was a good note to end on. You want to do a saint of the
1: week? Well, last thing I think I just think the to think about you know what we could be on the path to mm-hmm. is that you know one day people out there listening to this now who are our age will be able to tell their you know maybe their adult children. So you know when your children grow up, tell them about this time period and them not even. Believe that that there was all this abuse and filth and stuff in the church because it all got handled and cleaned up here and the future didn't have all this stuff you know
0: Mm -hmm.
1: like that's the thing is that we may be able instead of just taking this stuff for granted and always hearing more stories about bad priests and bad bishops and yada yada you know we may be on the path to that being you know unheard of and that you know really it was like that back then that's crazy and you know remember that you know during this really difficult time god chose to put you in this time period and so you know he he knows that you can make it through this uh, and still be a saint so so be a saint take the take the bullets man we
0: don't deserve them but we have to take them so that's what uh that's what we can do for
1: the good of the future that we can yeah okay give us the saint of the week saint of the week
0: St. Augustine. You heard of him? You seen this guy? You heard of this guy right here? St. Augustine. I think I have. Yeah, doctor of the church, Zach. He wrote The City of God on Christian Doctrine and Confessions. I read Confessions. I'm going to probably have to read it again because I have a tiny brain. But, yeah, he his feast day is August 28th, so it just passed us by, but... He's famous for having a big conversion around the time he was 30. He got baptized at 32 or 33. And the story, the famous story, is that his mother, Monica, who is also a saint, St. Monica, prayed for him exhaustively every day and wept every night for her son until he became a Catholic, which is pretty inspiring. It is. But, yeah, so doctor of the church, St. Augustine. He died when he was... Oh, no, nope, that's St. Monica. St. Augustine died when he was 75. So he somehow lived to 75 in the year 300 and in the year 400. So that was like basically 200 years back then, Zach. Yeah, wow. Again, Impressive. Again, the uh, stat that we cited early on was... We are closer in time to Thomas Aquinas than Thomas Aquinas is to St. Augustine, or was. Mind-blowing. It's very mind-blowing to think about. But yeah, thanks for listening to a second podcast this week. We hope we didn't overwhelm you, but we thought it called for it. And thanks for all the feedback and all the interaction on Twitter. And we hope you have a lovely rest of your week, and we will talk to you all soon. See you later. (laughs)